All right. Well, hello, ladies. I want to say welcome to you and thanks for tuning in. Um, we understand that your time is valuable and I'm thankful that you chose to spend it with us. This is going to be a great session. I'm really excited about this and we want this to be educational and interactive. And so we ask everyone um, to, to mute, mute yourself. I see most of you have done that. So thank you. Um, mute as our speaker presents. And feel free to unmute if you have questions or comments, if you want to chime in. You can also raise your hand or uh, put up put your question or your comment in the chat. And I will be monitoring uh, those actions in the chat and conveying those to the group and the speaker. Again, the session will be recorded and the audio will be uploaded to, uh, to the podcast. So corporate coffee is focused on a purpose, right? And that purpose is to propel women of color to positions of power in corporate. One of the ways to accomplish this is by positively seeking viable solutions to counter our negative experiences. So to that end, I'd like to introduce the group to Mrs. Joyce McKinley, LMFT. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist her education includes a Bachelor's of Science from Grambling University and a Master's in Marriage and Family Counseling from Liberty University. She's currently pursuing her doctor in education in community care and counseling, focusing on trauma. And without further ado, I would like to present to the group, Mrs. Joyce McKinley. Thank you. Well, hello everybody. So glad to be here this morning. Thank you, Tony, for having me. I thought it was such an honor and privilege uh, to be a part of this group today and to talk on this topic. And so uh, Tony gave me an awesome topic to talk about today. And like she said, uh, we want this to be interactive. Um, so feel free to chime in. And Tony is going to help me with um, people who may have questions that I'm not able to see if you're raising your hand or you're putting information in the chat. So I um, want to thank her in advance for that. Let me see if I can share my screen right quick as we're talking. So today we're going to be talking about the intersection of relationships and careers. So this is a very interesting topic, uh, the intersection of relationships and careers. We're going to discuss not only the negative, but the positive effects. And hopefully in the end, I can leave you with some tools um, that you guys can take with you. So this topic today, like I said, the intersection of relationship and careers, it has some real important implications for understanding the nature of careers and relationships. Not only do career experiences affect individuals and their relationships, but relationships also have a significant impact on our work experiences and our career outcomes. These effects can be both positive and negative, so we're going to dig into where these intersect. So first off, there may be some questions that you guys probably have is, how can I derive satisfaction and fulfillment in both roles, in both my career and my relationship? You may also say, um, can focusing on my career mean that I have to sacrifice my relationship? So I'll give you a short answer. It depends on your relationship and it depends on your career. So just throwing some stats out there, women of color, we make up 60% of the labor force. 60% of the labor force, but only 12% of us are in management. 9% are senior managers. 7% are considered VPs. Five senior VPs. 4% are in the C-suite, and we know what the C-suites are, the COOs, the CFOs, all of the, the COs there. 
But just this alone shows that there can be stress for women of color in their careers, just looking at these numbers. And these numbers here don't even reflect women who have their own businesses. That's a whole different topic for another day. But we can use these triggers in our conversation. Research shows there is relationship, when there is relationship conflict, the conflict is usually produced by having pressures from either work or the relationship. That's why we see some individuals who experience extensive career relationship conflict often compromise in either one life role or the other. Some examples of this is if you are, if there are pressures in the relationship, you tend to have focus, you tend to have problems focusing on work and vice versa. Pressures at work, you, you focus, you lose focus on the relationship. And so we can see how that can have a negative and um, positive effects in, in both areas. Go ahead. So, um, being that, um, I, I think, I know that I have had different experiences, but my reaction has been different. And I, okay. think, I think that's um, a good point to, to drill down on. So, I have had negative relationships that have actually had a positive effect uh -huh. on my because out of the negativity of the relationship, I needed something to divert my attention to, to be okay. So can negative relationships also have an, a positive effect on someone's career as well? Definitely, because you tend to put all your focus in that one area. Mm -hmm. Look at how that's so unbalanced. So if we're so career driven, you know, where's the work-life balance in that? So you may say that that's a plus in this area, but for the rest of our life, which is more than, we're more than what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. So for the rest of our life, we're missing something. Mm -hmm. And that's the old conversation that we've been having for years now. How do we balance, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely uh, when we're talking about spending one, uh, when we're talking about being center focused in one area, something else is going to be missing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any of you ladies correlate with that? Any of you ladies? Um... Yes, I, I definitely do. Just personally, I know at one point um, I was really focused on, on career. And then I was missing out on things that were at home as far as husband uh, and kids. So um, if you're unable to balance that, uh, you know, the, it gets um, very difficult because you still have to go home. You can't live at work. You can live at work, but you still got to go home. Um, exactly. um, I know one thing that I've done now is a completely different role. Um, but I, you know, you create boundaries, you create boundaries. And even... Um, my husband still has that same respect for me. He creates boundaries. So as soon as he leaves the job site and depending on what's going on, he's like, okay, my cutoff time is five o'clock. He might be out of the building by three or four, but his cutoff is uh, five o'clock. And then depending on what I have going on, I know my, my days, depending on what um, activities or events I have through the day, um, there are some times where my events might run into nine o'clock um, at night. Um, but then there are days where I have strict cutoff times where I'm like, okay, I cut off, you know, and, um, but you just have to have that respect for yourself as well as um, your family too. So it's, um, sometimes it's challenging and it's difficult to do, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's definitely much needed to create that sense of balance. That's right. So you, you're right on it there, Bree. You're right on it. When we are involved in multiple roles, you know, uh, some of us are parents, some of us are wives, some of us are, you know, we have significant others, we have um, certain roles in our career, we have certain roles outside of our career. 
all of those different roles that we're in can be such a drain at the end of the day. So we do have to make sure that we are setting boundaries like the way that you stated earlier. So I really like that. So keep it coming, guys. I like this. So here we are. In our career domain, we have so many stressors. And I know I haven't even identified them all, but I just wanted to give you just some here. Um, so in our career, we have long work hours. We have inflexible schedules. Some of us have unsupportive coworkers and supervisors. And then we deal with the only. Maybe some of you are the only one in the room, the only one at the table. Um, now we can even throw in the pandemic. We can throw in um, uh, all of the social injustice, the conversations that continue to go on. So women of color, we experience um, just a heightened awareness of always being on guard, you know, and think how that disrupts your life. It is, is affects your sleep patterns. It's emotionally draining, you know, worrying about how you're being seen. Um, and it weakens your effects to contribute even at work. So all of these stressors definitely can play effect on your relationship. And then when we look at stressors in our relationship, uh, the time we spent trying to nurture the relationships we have, the number and age of children, or even the desire to have children, unsupported family members, friendships, organizations that we're a part of, all of these bring stressors to our career. So you heard me talk about the stressors and I know I didn't name all of them for you, but just kind of think about this. Um, how are these stressors being managed in both your career and your relationship? Bree gave us an example of what she's doing, but tell us how are you managing some of these stressors today? So um, for me, um, part of it is you know, because I'm, I'm single, so I, I, there is no, you know, spouse or significant other or whatever to, to go to. So for me, it is surrounding myself with friends and family members that um, understand, you know, what I'm, what I'm going through. So I kind of have different kind of circles of friends, right? So there's a circle that, a circle of friends that is extremely diverse, you know, from race, religion, cult, whatever, you know. And then I have kind of like that smaller circle of friends who are women of color. Um, and, and then I have an even smaller circle that are women of color in corporate because there are there are nuances, there are differences between those two. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you're talking to someone that is not in corporate, sometimes they can't understand what you're going through. And it sounds like, you know, well, what are you talking about? You know, what are you... And, and, you know, for, for example, um, I was on my way to a client slash company um, slash coworker event. And on the way there, I was getting stressed out and I was on the phone with a friend and I was telling him, I said, you know, I'm just really nervous. I'm really anxious about, about going to this. And he, but, but he couldn't understand, well, what are you talking about? What, what's the stress? You just go there and you talk to people. And I'm like, but you don't understand being the only black person, mm -hmm. people tend to say things that are not appropriate. And then it puts, it makes you feel uncomfortable or puts you on the defense. And that happens most of the time. Yeah. And he could not relate to, to that, to what I was saying. So in that situation, for me, I added more stress onto myself by talking to someone who could not relate. <laughs> you know, because then I'm having to explain to him why it is a stressor and convince him that it is a stressor and him telling me that it's not a stressor. And so I have to be very aware of who who I converse with in, in certain situations. So for me, the, um, understanding who I need to talk to mm -hmm. yeah. is really important. 
very important. And, and I like that you brought that up because a lot of these stressors uh, we deal with on a daily basis at work, and then you turn around and deal with it in the relationship. And, and you're thinking, this is my safe zone. This is not where I'm supposed to deal with these things. This is not where I need to fight and explain myself because mm -hmm. I've done this at work. So definitely, we can see how they intersect, right? How one bleeds into the other. And I want to make sure that everyone gets a chance. So just kind of think about how these stressors um, are being managed in both the relationship and in your career. And think about what's being slighted, what's, what's not being taken care of. Did anyone else have any uh, comments or questions on this section? I know for, for me, um, it, it's, it's definitely, you know, creating those boundaries for yourself. Um, but I know I was involved in, in a lot. When I say a lot of stuff, I was involved in a lot of stuff. Um, three or four different things at church um, I was involved in. Um, and of course, now I've moved into entrepreneurship. So it's a whole nother level of things that I'm involved in. Um, but I've learned to um, minimize and be very strategic where, with where I spend time at so I can still make sure that I'm still doing income producing activity as well as like my husband and I have date night. We have date night in my calendar every single week. We make sure we have that. I have older kids now. So my youngest is 19 and my oldest is 27. It's a completely different realm of um, having kids now. So um, the kids are adults, they're young adults. So they can pretty much take care of themselves. But I also tell them that, you know, if you ever need me at any time, call me, shoot me a text and let me know. Only my husband and my kids have emergency bypass. So just making sure you still have that balance and especially for uh, family, um, making sure you're still available regardless of what it is that you have uh, going on. I like that, Brie. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. So research shows that career and relationship can be allies. So this is what we were just talking about, how, you know, once again, we're talking about that balance. So definitely research and career, career and relationship don't have to be enemies. We can be allies. Mm -hmm. Most of the time for women uh, who are normally, most of the time women are successful at work but for whatever reason, not so successful in relationships. Um, and I think it has something to do with the personal characteristics. At work, you're outgoing. You're the, you know, you're the one who's being positive. You're interacting with everyone. You're possibly even setting boundaries and you're managing the boundaries. But for whatever reason, you don't bring those same skills to the household. We know you had something, Tony. This is huge for me. Because and 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 I'm I'm relating, I'm coming from the single lady side. Okay. And out here, like I tell my friend Pam, in these dating streets that we're that we're out here, um, this can be a challenge, career and relationships, especially when you come across men who do not make as much as mm -hmm. you do this now and that's and to me <laughs> i don't know i don't know about anybody else but it could create stress you know and and it could create a, a challenge in trying to to have a relationship or again even trying to find someone who can relate to mm -hmm you know, to what you're talking about. And so when you come in and you're talking corporate speak and, you know, you're out on, on, on dates and he's like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you get that look, like, what are you talking about? Or you, you, it's, it, it, it's just difficult. So, so. For, well, Tony, uh, go ahead. And this is Pamela. You make a great point. And as I get older and I'm single and I've been divorced twice, at this point in my life, um, and I'm not trying to be 
oh, I'm this and I'm that or anything like that. But I think that my standards have changed quite a bit over the years. And I will say that to the point that I will not, there's just certain foundational things about this dating scene, et cetera, from a personal standpoint that I will um, tolerate. <laughs> so um, we have to be very selective and when it comes to that and seeking that support from a from your profession because a professional and a professional kind of understand each other um and depending on you know where you want to go with you know whether the relationship is going in a certain direction and and have you know how you start discussing about you know things like money which is huge it's a huge topic um and even your career goals because even if you're older and seasons you still have goals you know, we will always be life learners and have goals until the day we die. But if they're not on board with that, it makes it really difficult for the single woman. And I'm just, again, speaking from the single woman standpoint, I can imagine, and I've been married before and I know what that's like as well. I like that word you use, uh, Pamela. You say selective. <laughs> yeah, very selective. <laughs> and, and I think you're right on that because think about how you do this in your career. Aren't mm -hmm. you? Selective with you know the places that you work and mm -hmm. things that you will put up with. Absolutely. But why can't we have that same attitude in the relationship? <laughs> exactly. You sacrifice in your relationship. At 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 work, most of you probably are the boss. So mm -hmm. why are we downgrading ourselves in the relationship? So that's a very good point. I like that she said that selective. <laughs> I said it very slowly. <laughs> Real quick, if I can, this is Keisha. Hi, Tony. Hi, everybody. Hey, Keisha. Um, two things. Um, one, in the relationship situation, um, it, it becomes difficult when, kind of like what Tony was saying, I kind of agree with everybody, but it's like if you're with someone, like if you're in a relationship, and everything about your relationship is good. However, you don't get that um, support from the person that you're in a relationship with. So like I was in a situation where, um, you know, I, I couldn't share my successes with my spouse at the time because it was kind of like, um, and I mean, he definitely made more money than me, but I think it's like certain men, they want you to be um, the wife when you're home and they can't respect, you know, your professional success. Mm. Um, and then the other point I wanted to make is, you know, I'm single also now. And, um, you know, the same thing can go with families. You know, you can have family members that's not really, you know, they're not really supportive of your uh, professional success you know they can't relate um you can't share everything because they're not you know it's just you know there's two different levels so um you know this topic of you know just balancing the two is just you know i think it can work for relationships and for family exactly i like that point because you're so right um sometimes in families um, you're facing the same challenges where they don't understand because maybe that family member is is not in a position similar to yours so it's hard for them to to relate and or maybe they are coming from a standpoint of you should be in this traditional role you know and and um, your place is in the home or, or something to that effect so a lot of times it is very difficult to share when we are surrounded by people, whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's family members who have different set of uh, uh, viewpoints, I guess, or different set of rules that they live by, it, it, it does make it difficult. But we can also see how those stressors can play in our career because we're carrying that um, these feelings of not being able to connect with our loved ones on that level, we're carrying that worry into the career and vice versa. It, it, it carries back into the relationship where you may feel depleted when you come home, you know, um, or when you're, um, 
out on a date, you know, you, you're not feeling connected to this person because y'all on two different levels. And so really good conversation. I, I like this. Um, one point I wanted to bring out is uh, most of this research um, that I was able to, um, to, to bring here do kind of focus on marital relationships, but the same principles can apply to single women as well. Um, and I wanted to point out, and it sounds like some of you are already there, but I want to emphasize for others, any relationship worth having is one that both members are invested in the outcome of the other. So y'all heard that any relationship worth having is one that both members are invested in the outcome of the other. So I'm speaking of a love relationship. If you're just dating um, and you already see that the other person is more prone to look after themselves, you may consider what kind of relationship this is gonna be. So just like in your career, when you see that you're in a dead end position, you see that you're giving your all, but it's not being recognized, you tend to get your resume together and go elsewhere. Now I'm talking about relationships, not marriage. I'm not telling you to go elsewhere in your marriage. So I'm getting my resume together. I'm like, oh no, ma'am. <laughs> no, this is only if you're dating. <laughs> so think about this. Love doesn't insist on its own way. It is not resentful. Research shows couples that focus primarily on individual goals never come together. Why? Because they are always separate. They're always apart. You're never working as a team. So that's why I wanted to bring up that point. All right. This is one that I didn't get a chance to go over because we were talking. So I'm just gonna add this one in. Um, I believe probably most of you possibly fit into this category where um, research was showing here that uh, women of color, how we respond to our work environment. 88% of us are faithful in our organization. 87% of us uh, want to have influence as a leader and 81% desires to advance themselves. But even in our companies, as we have already talked about, um, you desire to grow, but you constantly are facing challenges. You know, you, you, whether it's from people of the same race or whether it's from other races or well as biases from just being a woman of color. Any um, other questions regarding that or any other comments regarding that? No, I, I think um, I, I really get that where you said like 88% are faithful to an organization. And I think a lot of times we as women, especially women of color, we tend to stay in I'm going to make this correlation in abusive work relationships and sometimes mm -hmm. in abusive personal relationships mm -hmm. because we have accepted, I think, to an extent, this mantra of struggle, you know, not only struggle love, but struggle environment, career environment. And right. I think that's an important part to bring up that, you know, I, I got into this conversation um, last night with a guy on this whole idea of, and, and, I'm, and this is more in particular to black women, but I think it can be expanded out of the, the strong black woman and how we accept that as our mantra and we wear that as a badge of honor and how, and, and he was saying, yeah, you know, my mother's a strong black woman. And I said, okay, but did you think about the other aspect of that? Did you think about at the root of it all that's attached to struggle. Did you, did you think about how no other race of women has that word strong placed in front of them? And what, and what that whole 360 of that statement, you know? And have you acknowledged, yes, you acknowledge that your mother is a strong black woman, but did you also acknowledge that she should not have had to 
have that title of strong black woman. And so I think sometimes we get into these, um, we continue this cycle of unhealthy relationships personally. And, and then also, and, and I can speak from my experience, I've also sat in work environments that were abusive. And I continue to stay there because I was faithful to it. I felt obligated to it. And so I think we as women, women of color, we need to learn how to lay that cape down and to recognize that staying in abusive relationships, whether that be work relationship or whether that be personal relationship, is detrimental to our psyche in the long term. You're so correct. You're so correct. And, and I love that because a lot of times we were taught to do it all. And, you know, so we, we feed that to our children, those of us who have children that are uh, girls, you know, we, we feed that to them, you know, you've got to be strong and, you know, so we have the impression that there's a cape behind us. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that you brought that out because this can be a negative right here. It was meant to be seen as a positive, but it's also a negative that we will be so faithful to an organization or so faithful to a relationship that's not good for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to make a point to that from my um, career standpoint, because our personal bleeds into our professional. Like you said, as girls, we're taught to be everything to everybody and look at ourselves last and our needs last. And then we bring that to the workplace. And I just feel like, even companies, they look at black women as if we're the cleanup woman. Mm. And I don't care what role you're in, whether you're an analyst, a manager, a senior vice president, we're still cleaning up their mess. And that's a traditional role as a black woman, as the maid or the, uh, the caretaker for the family, the white family mm -hmm. um, during slavery. It still bleeds over today as if we're to come in and be the superwoman slash strong i'm gonna clean up this mess for the white man hmm. or clean up this mess for the white woman for that matter because she's the damsel in distress and we can never play that role in the, in the workplace hmm. mm -hmm. very good point clean up woman mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely that's the role that we take on sometimes though it's like i have to do it you know um so for whatever reason we need to knock down those walls um, and that's what we want to talk about today. So we, we still are still on topic. We're saying how these roles intersect in both career and relationship. So like I said, this is a very good topic and we can go on and on, but I do want to kind of bring this to our close here which is some tools for you guys. And so you guys have already been on it. This is such an awesome group. I, I love you group of ladies already. Um, so these tools can be used for both your career and in your relationship. Um, I believe I said earlier that these can be allies. And so these sets of um, tools that we're gonna talk about are to be used in both relationship and career. So communication, we know that that's a big one. Most of you um, have advanced or will be advancing because of your ability to communicate. At work, you are confident. You know, we talked about this earlier. You're outgoing. You show positive interaction. You're flexible in the way you perceive things. You're able to endure. We talked about that because we have on our cape. We, we're able to endure. You interact, you're respectful. You have the ability to influence others. Tony told me that y'all had a discussion on negotiation. So y'all know uh, these same skills you use on your job, you learn to negotiate in your relationship. You're able to see the other person's point of view. You don't always agree, but you're able to understand their perspective. You endure and we know everything worth having we must go through something, we must endure. So as a couple, we communicate as a team, we make decisions together, which result 
and both being, uh, being beneficial to both parties. So this can have positive effect. If we learn how to communicate, this can have positive effect in both career and relationships. Also, setting boundaries. So Bree already started us off today talking about you got to have some boundaries. And I totally agree with that. Being a therapist, that's the one thing I'm talking about all the time. And so boundaries are there to protect you and the other party. Everything doesn't have to be done by you. We talked about this. Delegate. Free yourself up to be able to fulfill in all the different roles that you play in. Invest in a support system, ladies. Think about who do you call on? Who do you call on when you need assistance? Hold people accountable at work and at home and in relationships. Couples who set boundaries are ones who are clear about their goals, who are clear about their responsibilities. They ask for what they need and they're able to communicate it in an assertive manner. Now let's not get assertive confused with aggressive mm -hmm. or assertiveness confused with passiveness. Assertive is right in the middle. That's a healthy couple. That's a healthy person. Now the next two you may not really consider for both career and relationship, but I want you to kind of broaden that broaden that thought process. This can be used in both. If we're practicing self-care, that means we're taking time for rest. That means we're putting some limits on some things. You know your limits. You take your lunch. You take whatever breaks that, that you have at work and at home. You pause before running to this crisis to the other crisis. You pause at home before responding to this or to that because we don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to respond the wrong way. So self-care can be used in both areas. If we just take time and breathe, take time and do some deep breathing so that we can be calm, cool, and collected. The next one, practicing mindfulness kind of goes hand in hand. A lot of uh, companies and and you will see schools are investing in practicing mindfulness. So practicing mindfulness just means being aware, being aware of my surroundings. When I'm at work, I'm fully there. I'm fully present. I'm tuned in. At home, in my relationship, I'm fully present. I'm tuned in. We make time to communicate what's happening at work. You schedule meetings. At work, we can do this in relationship. We can set aside time. We can talk about the important conversations. We can talk about expectations, just like we do at work. So being mindful is just being intentional. You know, so at work, what do you have? Performance reviews and things of that nature. In relationships, we're just as in intentional. We have checkups, we talk to each other about how we're doing, what we need to do better, what we need to continue to uh, work on, what vacations we're going on. We're just being intentional and mindful in both areas of our life. We're investing in our lives, okay? And our last one, of course, is get assistance. You know, we talked about some negatives, a lot of negatives in both relationship and um, relationship and career. You know, get assistance, find a mentor, find a therapist, find someone who can help you to navigate through some of these things of life. Um, speak to, think of like how we do in, in the workplace. When things are wrong, we troubleshoot. We contact support. We contact whomever that can give us the answer. Same thing we need to do at home. Mm -hmm. we contact the one who can give us the answer. We need to contact the one who can help us navigate. And so all of this to say is build your support team, build your support system, get people on your side, whether that's um, a mentor, life coach, therapist, 
uh, whether that's a, a manager, a friend, confidant, get assistance, ladies. Joyce, can, can, um, can I add something to that end too? Yes, ma'am. Uh, and I just like to hit on a couple points and, and I never really made this connection between career and relationship um, until, until you said that, which oddly, this is odd, but, um, and I just wanna dip down into this, but the angry black woman, because you, you mentioned the difference between assertiveness and, and anger. And I've seen those both play out in relationship and in career, where as, um, you know, a black woman or a woman of color or whatever, you, in order to operate in these realms, you have to have a certain um, bravado. You know, you have to have a certain um, persona. Uh -huh. And a lot of times when you take that on, whereas maybe your other counterparts, it's seen as wanting to be successful, you know, interpreted in you, it's seen as anger. Uh -huh. And I've also heard this term in relationships, especially when it comes to Black women, where some men will say, well, Black women are angry. Black women are, have an attitude. And so you see that theme that runs for us throughout relationship and career. Uh -huh. And so it's just odd to me how that one statement, you can take it and pull it out and it can cross in both buckets for us. So um, that's one point that I wanted to make. And also when you mentioned therapists, in communities of color, uh -huh. this is not just uh, black, but other communities of color. I can't really speak for, I know we have some representatives of other communities of color, so I can't speak totally for them, but I, I think I can make this broad statement to say that there is usually a stigma attached to seeking help as far as therapeutic help. And so for communities of color, we tend to turn more towards rituals, religious practices, you know, or, or things like that as a solution but also recognizing that there is another stream of help there. There's the psychological aspect, there's the therapy and how important that is and how you can actually fold the two. You know, there have been times in my life where I have sat on a, a couch or a chair or whatever and I have talked to a therapist and I have also gone to church and I've also prayed and I've also meditated and I've also done those things. So I think it's important that we in our communities continue to talk about this and lower that stigma of seeking professional help. And the only way that's going to happen is we keep having conversations like this today where we are coming together and we are putting it out there. We are you know, we're letting everyone know, hey, it's okay. God created everything. If he created everything, why not go to the doctor, the medical doctor, when you are uh, in need, when you're hurt? When, when you're hurt mentally, why not go and seek a therapist or a psychiatrist? So all of these things are created, you know, uh, for us, but we, for whatever reason, you know, don't want to take advantage. So you're definitely right. And something else you said about holding on to that, um, I'll call it a, a negative or distorted belief, you know, that we're the mad black woman because I'm asking for what I want. I'm, I'm stating my needs, you know, we carry that uh, uh, belief in our heads that that say, um, we're so worried about coming off that way that we tend to be timid at times when we need to speak up. It doesn't mean that I'm mad. It's, it's, you know, you wouldn't say the same thing to a man by him calling out what he needs or, or stating, you know, that these are the things that need to happen in order for all the pieces to come together. And so I think sometimes that in our minds, we're holding on to, I don't want to be seen this way. 
that's something we can work out in therapy. And so, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna piggyback on kind of what Tony was saying and the angry, not just the angry black woman, but a white man or white woman, they can be passionate, but we're angry. And I'm at the point again in my life and, and I've sought therapy over the years, which have been extremely helpful. Um, but I'm at the point where I don't care how they react to however I come across. Um, I know my countenance. I know my aura. I am not an angry person, but I can be to the point just as they are passionate. Um, so I don't feel bad about anything. I don't, I don't apologize for, <clears throat> excuse me, the way I come across. But the therapy piece, it's really difficult because, again, depending on your family background and your religious beliefs, etc., um, me over the years in my family, I'm from a big family, and just talking about going to therapy and just over the years, still seeing the same reactions that, wow, you know, you're seeking help. And now I'm starting to hear from a particular sister or, or brother, you know, I really do need to go talk to somebody. They won't say, I won't go to therapy, but they'll say, I think I need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's like making huge strides, you know? It over, is. You know, it's like, wow, finally they're getting there. And maybe, you know, we're being the example, you know, just being in this group right here. Um, and Tony, thank you again for what you're doing, because this is really bringing everyone to the table to really talk about. And, this, and that's what's going to take the exposure of it all. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. This is awesome uh, to have this avenue right here that we can come together and talk about these things. And I think we are beginning to see a turn, you know, mm -hmm. that people are more willing to, to talk to someone, like you say. Um, it's for our younger generation, for the young adults um, that we have brought up, um, and I'm aging myself, but <laughs> they are more willing to yeah. to come to therapy it's the other age group that yeah. we're, we're <laughs> seeing that turn you're exactly right this is my friend my daughter she's 20 and she's in therapy and she's just like she thanked me for it however we have been talking about it over the years and we initially had therapy about six years ago and she recognized patterns as she's getting older that she needs to deal with on her own yeah. and she's only 20 so that that's encouraging it's very encouraging. Zoline, Zoline, did you have something to say? I see that you unmuted. Oh, I was just, you know, listening and wanted to just kind of um, throw another word. I really uh, enjoyed all of those toolbox uh, listings that Joyce had listed right before this particular slide here. And I just wanted to add the word contentment. Mm. To me, I think that is another part of uh, a good way as women that if we have that contentment, I know we talked about balance, but having that contentment with yourself brings about peace within who you are. And that way you can choose and decide what circumstances or what conversation that you want to engage in because a lot of times over the years and just from my experience, you know, early on, you know, you want to try to prove your point to, you know, certain conversations, but as you mature and, and you are surrounded with other people that can bring wisdom, you know, to you about certain things, you know, I, I look at it, you know, a lot of times I'm not going to waste time about trying to prove a point because if I know who I am, and whose I am, then it doesn't matter what you think because you're going to think what you're going to think anyway. And so as we uh, go in life, you know, we always will be faced with circumstances, but, and those circumstances always robs you of your peace. And so when you have that contentment, then you can have that contentment to be able to communicate what you want to, to, to communicate to that individual. As she said here, you can set your boundaries, you can do the self-care, you can practice that mindfulness and determine then if you want to get that assistance. 
but you as the individual have to have that contentment and the peace within yourself to understand you know who you are and where you are in your in your in your season of life and so um i just wanted to just uh add that in to the mix today to you know, always just kind of check your attitude, you know, because your attitude determines how you're going to react to any given situation. And as you mentioned before about the angry black woman, you know, that's the label that so many people say, but, you know, um, that's not part of my persona, you know, as being an angry black woman, because when you go and step into any room or any conversation, if you're stepping in that room, as the person that you own that room when you step in because you're walking in with the confidence, the contentment, the peace of who you are, that people will be able to gravitate, people will be able to sense that when you walk into that room because you're walking in with authority, you're walking in with confidence, and you're walking in with that contentment, with the peace that, hey, whatever is presented, I'm going to be able to know how to handle that. And I'm going to handle that in the right way with the with the communications. I'm going to set the boundaries because that person is not going to know to step over that boundaries because I presented myself, not just because I spoke something, but because of my, um, my countenance of how I walked into that room, walking into that room with the confidence that it doesn't matter if I'm the person, the least person with the least information, but I'm going to be able to let them know that, hey, I'm confident right where I am. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I mean, <laughs> what you mentioned, it, it's, it, it ties and it bleeds over into relationships as well. Exactly. Being so confidence and saying, you know, I am worth something. I am valuable. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to let anyone diminish that. that yes. That's also... Um, can, can spill over into the relationship. I, I, I want to read a comment from Michelle. She had to dip out. She has a little one that she needed to take to practice. But she says, I appreciate the chat this morning. Such great content and helpful in my personal and professional um, life. So I just wanted to read that, uh, read that comment. Well, I want to thank you, ladies. Thank you for chiming in. You made this such a great conversation. Um, so thank you so much for all the comments and i really love the last one about being content definitely if we have that confidence in understanding who we are what we can bring to the table in both areas we have nothing to fear but that is uh, really awesome these are um three books that i kind of wanted to leave you uh with and one is talking more about setting some boundaries drop the ball um, the other one, strategize to win, start out, step up, and start over. It's talking about when you're uh, in your career, how you can uh, make some changes, or maybe it's time to start over. More than enough, uh, claiming your space on who you are, no matter what they may say. So uh, these are just some, some books I wanted to leave you here with today. And just once again, just thank you for the opportunity to be amongst you ladies. Uh, thank you, Tony, for reaching out. And I really did uh, enjoy myself this morning. So I hope that you were able to gain something from this conversation on today. Yes. Hey, guys, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Joyce, for your time. I uh, really appreciate it. This has been an awesome presentation. Um, the information that you had, it really helped us to think about this correlation between relationship and career and how these positive or negative uh, interactions can either have a positive or negative effect on our career path. I think at the root of it all, what we're saying here is taking all of that of who we are and harnessing it and redirecting it to positivity. And I think we brought up some of the tools that can help us do that as far as open communication with people who can relate to that. 
and um, you know, finding that balance, finding that peace, and also reaching out and seeking help from professionals such as yourself. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the discussion, ladies. Um, it wouldn't have been what it was what it was without you all, without your participation. So I really do appreciate that. Um, Joyce, if you would like to leave your contact information um, where you know we can reach out to you if we need your services, that would be great. For sure. Uh, feel free to reach out to me using my email, which is Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, McKinley, M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y. And if Tony, you can put it in the chat, that will probably be helpful. Okay. Joyce McKinley at live.com. That's L-I-V-E dot com. Okay, so, give that to me one more time. J-O-Y-C-E. J-O-Y-C-E, McKinley. M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y is all one word, Joyce, uh -huh. at live, L-I-V-E, dot com. Dot com. Okay, I put it in the chat. Uh, Ms. Zoline said, I enjoyed this powerful session, um, and thanks for inviting me to this group. So I want to thank you all as well. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Um, feel free to reach out to Joyce. Feel free to reach out to me, and we'll see you. we'll see you next month. Thank you, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. Can I take a picture? I want to take a oh, picture. Yeah. So, so can you all turn on your camera? Oh. Oh. I, I think that's a no for Pamela. Oh. Because she, <laughs> she, she was like, oh. <laughs> come on, come on, ladies. That's a no for oh, beautiful ladies. Why didn't y'all show y'all face? <laughs> Nope, can't I'm do. in the midst of driving, so. <laughs> okay, okay, no worries. Let me see. Now, I'm really bad at this. I don't know how to take it on the, on the thing. Well, just use your phone. You, yeah. I found out how to do it one time. Yeah, your keyboard should have a print screen. Okay, Pam, where'd you go? Uh-oh, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. You said the camera should have a print screen? No, your your tab your your keyboard yeah. should have a yeah. print screen button. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you hit that print screen and then you go some to I the got it. Okay. Let me do it again because I was looking down like this. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> I'm smiling. Got it. I got it. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Um, any closing comments or questions anyone no, has? This is um this is absolutely awesome. Hey, boy. We encourage everybody to invite some people next time. Um, and I'm definitely one of those people who had sought help this past year. Um, so, and I know my young, no, not my youngest, my 21 year old is actually in therapy too. So knowing that you have that avenue because it's so cliche in our culture not to do it yeah. is uh, definitely something that I would love to encourage with everybody I come across. So this was definitely awesome. I love it every single month. Awesome. Laura? Awesome, awesome. Muted. Yeah, I just, uh, uh, oops, sorry, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of driving, but I didn't want to miss this since this was my very first co um, coffee chat. This was so great. Um, so I'm so glad that I stumbled across this group on Meetup. Uh, I really love this. Awesome. Thank you. Well, we're happy to have you. Look forward to seeing you in the future. And Merlin, I saw that you joined all the way from Qatar. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so sorry. I just had to drop in late. I was I was having another meeting, but it was really great seeing you all, and it was a great presentation. Thank, Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for joining. I can't wait to meet you in person. So I know that you still intend to come here to the Dallas area. So when you come, yeah. you know, and we'll, hey, we'll all circle up. We'll meet. Sure. Yeah, I'm hoping the same. Good. Okay, Tisha, are you still hanging on there? You there? I think she's still on mute. All right, Keisha, do you have something to say? I see you unmuted as well. Oh, yeah, I just want to say this was really, it was fantastic. Um, and, you know, I, I enjoyed everything. I particularly enjoyed, I think it was Zoline's, um, you know, comment about contentment because 
confidence and contentment can be two different things. And when you find contentment, like she was saying, you know, you don't really worry about, you know, what other people have to say. And I think that comes with um, life experience, wisdom, and maturity. Because you have to experience those things to get to that point where you're just content. Like, this is me. These are all my thorns. And these are my scars. And I still like me. I'm still good with me. So, and it, it takes time to get there. So, mm -hmm. But every but everything was great. The whole platform and Joyce, you were fantastic. So indeed, indeed. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thank bye. you. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you.